This is Kurt. And this is Tracy. And this is the MFG cast. Hey guys, this is Kurt. And this is Tracy. And we're back from our little excursion at Con of the North 2020. We had some fun and some games. Not as much gaming as I thought it was gonna I was we were gonna do, but I think we still made it our own. Don't you think? Yes. Okay, yes. say that without yawning. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, yes. <laughs> yeah. So what did you think overall about the con this year? This is our third year going. I thought it was good. I can tell how, as the years go on, the con is getting bigger. Yeah. The vendor hall was a little bit bigger. Some new showings there. I shouldn't say new faces because I have no idea. But I think overall, I really didn't have a whole lot of expectations because, like we talked about in our past episode, we really didn't get any into anything that we signed up for. Except for two of us, and that wouldn't work for the three of us to go. So we went in there, signed up for nothing, and so really I had no expectations at all. Yeah. And so it really didn't disappoint me. Yeah. I'm exhausted. Yeah, me too. I th- it's funny because I think we did more schmoozing and kind of hanging out with people and stuff like that than actual gaming, but it was it was actually okay. As much as I thought it was going to really stink, and I still think that kind of the north still has some work to do when it comes in that it comes into the area of maybe trying to get have opportunities for the people that want to play games to play games. Right. We still did f- find a way to play a couple of games even though we weren't we didn't sign up for anything, but still it was it would have been nice to play a little bit more, I guess. It would have and then by the time I think we got back to our hotel, we could have set up to play some games in the hotel room. Because at the convention, it's so hard to find a table Yeah. to play um, a game for open gaming. But then we were just too tired. Yeah. So from walking around and talking to people and trying to make those types of connections. so Yeah, definitely. But I think I think overall it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. We did make a... I felt like we made a decent amount of connections with some of the vendors and... We saw, we always have the tendency to see a lot of the same, some of the same people. Um, once we see them once during the convention, we'll see them several times throughout the convention and we'll make those interactions too. So I thought it was good. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I'm a little bit disappointed that we weren't able to get in to the games and I think they do have work to do. And it might be just the fact that we've outgrown this space. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But what, yeah, like the one thing that I, I thought was really positive is that, you know, no matter who you run into, if it's a vendor or if it's players or like everyone's like really like inviting and very forthcoming with like, 
oh, do you want to play a game? And if you do, let, let me show you how, um, you know, that kind of thing. You know, it's everyone's just really nice. You know, there's not that there's not that weird gamer pushback that sometimes people experience. Like, everyone was super chill, it seemed like. Well, and to, to bop on that comment, I mean, if somebody overheard us saying something, an example would be we're in the vendor hall and somebody was walking around looking for more people to play Wingspan. And I had said something to the guys about playing Wingspan because Logan's been wanting to play. And one of the volunteers overheard me and she's like, oh, come this way. Mm. And there we go. Boom. Right in the game of playing Wingspan. Logan got to play his first game of it. She sat with him, helped him through the whole entire game, and he kicked everyone's butt. Yeah. 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 So, So, I mean, everyone just, or Kurt, like, was walking through the hall with a new game that we bought and... Somebody asked him if he had played it. He said no, and he goes, "Oh, if you want me to, we can." I teach that game all the time through Blue Orange Games. We can, I can go through with with you and teach you how to play it. Well, we were on our way out the door to head home, so that didn't work. But it seems like maybe our first year there, that same experience happened to us with Patchwork. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah. I mean, everyone's very, very friendly and willing to do that. Um, I just, I think that part makes it, I think we talked about this too on the, um, on our little drive home from the convention to our hotel, which is like one mile, not even, Mm -hmm. was it baffles me what a good community it always is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, so if you're around Plymouth, Minnesota and you want a fun con to go to, something to do during the winter, uh, try Con of the North. It's always a good time, especially for us, it seems like. We also have a couple of awesome little uh, interviews for you. We actually got to talk to Ben Harkins from Floodgate Games about some of the uh, newest stuff that they come they have coming out soonish, and then even even later. And then we also talked to our good friend Taylor Brush about an RPG that Taylor worked on, Descent into Midnight, which is currently funding on Kickstarter and is totally funded and is working on stretch goals. And it's one of my personal favorite RPGs. So why don't you take a listen? Hey guys, Kurt here, MFG Cast, Con of the North 2020. You know what's funny is I think the first time we came to Con of the North was the first time we actually found out about Floodgate Games. And you guys were actually talking about Sagrada, I think, for the first time, or like it was like just about to come out. So it's cool to talk to Ben Harkins. Thanks for coming on and talking to us about some awesome stuff that's kind of coming out and some things that are you'll be seeing soon. So, um, Ben, again, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no problem. So, so it seems like you've got some some awesome, like, different things, you know. Um, I'll kind of back up a little bit even. Like, I just took, you just had a survey that you were just kind of putting around, you know, really looking at, you know, what people are looking for in your games and stuff like that. So, I, before we get into that whole thing, like, it seems like, when you come out with your games, like, you have a main theme that you guys go for, or you have, like, a mission statement or whatever, but, like, all your games are never really truly the same. They're very different. So was that something that you wanted that was, like, a conscious effort? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I've been trying to focus on meeting our mission of creating everlasting experiences through gaming, and uh, one of the best ways we found to do that is to create games that connect gamers with their non-gamer family members. Nice. So... That's kind of the common thread that I'm trying for with games. It's like 
that there's some usually a puzzly feel to them or mechanics that uh, that create depth and uh, strategic choices for our gamer fans, and then but are also approachable, have uh, themes that are relatable or uh, attractive and gameplay that's relatively straightforward. So if you're not so into thinking strategically, you can still uh, get through the game and have a great time without feeling uh, bogged down by the choices. In that's awesome. I, I like that too because, you know, even like maybe this is one of the first things we can talk about because you'll be seeing it in retail soon. Like you were just talking about Cosmic Colonies. Like when you first see it, it kind of looks like, oh, this might be something that might be a little too hard to figure out but then when you were explaining it it's like wow this is actually fairly simple so you know it, that's cool that you you know you're thinking about awesome gameplay with you know cool mechanics but you're also like not making it too hardcore for the people that maybe don't really you know maybe need a little more help that way yeah totally uh, we like to make games where it's like possible to play the game and do okay without really knowing exactly how to do well, as long as you understand the gameplay, yeah. that you're able to kind of, uh, in a sense, stumble through and, and <laughs> feel like you've accomplished some things just by understanding the game. Yeah. And then there's another layer of depth there where if you if you pay attention and you really strategize, then, oh, you'll see the puzzle underneath and really try to do well. Yeah, that's awesome. So why don't you tell us a little bit about Cosmic Colony? Yeah, super. We're talking about. This is a game by Scott Holmes with illustrations by uh, Tristan Rosen. Wait a minute, I've never heard of Scott Holmes. Who is that? Uh, he's, just kidding. <laughs> Uh, he's probably best known for the tiny epic series of games by Gamelin. Uh, but we've been working on this game for several years. It's uh, come a really long way away from where it started. But in this game, we are building a home on an asteroid. So every round we send our workers to work, it's pretty straightforward. They gather resources, or you spend those resources to build buildings. When you're uh, populating your asteroid, it's a little polyomino Tetris-style uh, mm-hmm. puzzle as you cover different terrain types. The better you cover those terrains, the more points you get at the end of the game. The twist of the game is after you send two workers to work, they orbit around the table to the player on your left, and you get new workers from the player on your right. So every round is a little bit different, and you're kind of adapting to what you know you've given up to your uh, mm-hmm. opponents and so on. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's funny because it seems like the polyomino thing is like really hot right now. Everyone's just really digging the Tetris-y style. And it's funny, too, because... Like, you know, polyomino is kind of like the thing, but like everyone always goes, it's Tetris. You know? It's funny they go back to an old video game to call it that. Yeah, you know, totally, instead. totally. So, what else? What else have we got that you're you're really excited about that's coming out soon? So, we upcoming on Kickstarter, we have Holy Festival of Colors, which awesome. is named after the same festival that happens in India every spring. Uh, in this game, or in the festival. Uh, participants are throwing colored powder on each other, singing, dancing, celebrating, and most notably throwing that colored powder. In the game, that's what we're doing too. Nice. Uh, we've got little pattern cards where it, it uh, determines a pattern that you're throwing your colored powder in, and then wherever that lands is worth more and more points as it uh, you throw it higher in the sky and it layers on uh, onto other powder and gets on other players. Nice. Um, there's a little bit of tension too in that, like you're trying to collect sweets as you're playing, going through the festival, but as you uh, as you climb up higher to throw your powder around, you can no longer collect those sweets so it's like oh, a little no. bit of a trade-off <laughs> it's a really great uh really fun time and um we're excited to uh share more about this theme with people we've been working with a couple different cultural consultants to be sure we're approaching the theme in a way that's respectful and that's uh, great and accurate and uh working with a guy named uh, Shivam Bahat who's on the commander committee for Magic the Gathering and is a Hindu priest so it's like oh you're the perfect person to talk to (laughs) no kidding yeah he's been helping with game development working with uh, writers who grew up in India and everything oh that's awesome I love that I love that and it's funny because like a, th- a thing that comes with most of your games, like like the theme and the look, is just it's always beautiful. And the, and um, holy is like is the same. You know, it's just it's got that 
awesome look to it. It's you know it's that three levels, which is which is is cool because you know you don't really see that much in games. You know you don't you know if it has levels, it's usually this big drawn out like war game or something. You know, so this is you know it it kind of goes the theme with like almost like a Sagrada too. It's like it's very fun and sometimes serene and stuff like that so I like that I like that that's where you're going I'm, I'm glad that's coming across uh, this was designed by Julio Nazario who loves working with uh, different components and kind of taking a different angle to how the game experience is on the table and what nice. what you're playing around with there and then uh, Vincent Trey is the illustrator he just brought the whole thing to life yeah, just yeah. explosions of colors yeah and, yeah and you have to you know if you're, if you're talking about a, a festival of colors I mean you, that's what you have to have yeah. you don't have that then why are you making the game <laughs> no which is awesome and then apparently there's you know this game called Sagrada where you got something else coming out. So why don't you talk about that? It's true. Uh, we released the first of the three Great Facades expansions to Sagrada last year at Gen Con. We have the second one coming. It's called Sagrada Life. That oh, will nice. be out at Gen Con this year. Again, it's modular, adding three new modules you can add. We'll have some new dice, some new objectives, nice. a bunch of new stuff there. So more nice. to come on that. Soon. Awesome, awesome. Yep. And that who doesn't like new dice? I mean that's the, I mean that's. Besides the gameplay itself, the dice is like such a draw in that game. It's like holy smokes! Thank you, thank you. <laughs> no, we we love just rolling handfuls of dice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask this, which I always ask other people: Is there something else, something else, a little bit that you can tell us about that maybe no one else knows about that you can leak? If you remember a game that we published a few years ago called Vault Wars, oh, we may have an expansion in the works for that. One. Very nice. I know, I know a friend of ours that will be really excited to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Well, thanks, Ben, for talking about this, and we'll we'll actually probably see you at Gen Con, so we can find we can actually get that life from us. So Absolutely, that'd be great. So, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, just so you guys know, again, uh, if you're looking for an awesome game, check out Holy. It's gonna March, you said? Yeah, for the right after the festival. Oh, awesome! Right after the festival. So if you don't even know what the festival is, Google that up. I had to do that myself. It's an just an awesome thing so check that out it's holy thanks for listening hey everybody kurt here mfg cast kind of the north 2020 again i'm here with my buddy taylor Hi, hello buddy. yeah hey how's oh, it going good how are you doing man very good oh it's good to see you again yeah so we I, we came we didn't really have anything in mind we got to play an awesome tournament tournament <laughs> yes i was trying to think of the game that's what i was trying to think of Flapjacks and Sasquatches tournament yeah. that you suckered me into, and I did good the first time and then failed completely the yeah. last couple of times. But um, what I wanted to talk about, which is awesome, I can't believe it already did in one day. You guys yeah. already funded Descent into Midnight. Yes, it's absolutely. Awesome. And we've kind of, I think we've kind of talked about it on the podcast a little bit, but I want to talk about a few things just to kind of get people a little bit yeah. more involved in like knowing what it's about and stuff like that. So, yeah. So before we talk about what it is, like, how did how did you and uh, Richard Kruetz, Landry, and uh, Rich Howard get like involved in thinking? You know what? Let's make an RPG together. Yeah. So it was Rich and Richard's idea first. So uh, they came together and they said, "We want to make this uh, this game about underwater aliens." Uh, they. I think Rich every year at Gen Con does uh, an underwater Star Wars game. Oh, uh, nice. And I think Richard, if I'm getting my story right, uh, Richard was in that, had a great time, and they said, like, let's do this. Let's make this RPG. Who do we know that is really good at designing mechanics and writing games? Uh, Taylor, let's get this person in. So, yeah, they brought me in, um, and I am the design lead for the game. So 
Uh, I have just been like working like a whirlwind to build things up. Uh, uh, we've been working as a team of three to like really polish the game, get things written, build things out, and create this this gem of a game. It's like it. I feel I feel a little biased saying it, but it's like my favorite role playing game that I've ever played, and I'm you know one of the creators for it. So yeah, yeah it, it, it's it's marvelous. And yeah, uh, we we funded in in under 18 hours. We're chasing down stretch goals. It's it's super phenomenal, and I'm I'm so excited about it. That's all awesome. And it's funny too because when you know. When I first found out about it, you guys were going to play test it and stuff like that. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I just, I always, or I'm already in love with some of the stuff that you've done already. So, yeah, yeah. you know, I knew it was going to be good that, you know, that way. But, like, to come into a game, and, like, when you play, when you play a role playing game, a lot mm-hmm. of times you, you kind of put yourself into it, but you, sometimes you'll put a spin into it. Yeah. But a lot of times when you come out of games, mm-hmm. you don't really. Sometimes you don't really feel like you left yourself with it or you feel something. Like, I feel with mm. this game, what I really like about it yeah. is that... <laughs> it's weird saying this. I feel like it's more of a feeling. Yeah, than absolutely. It, than it is... And it, it is an experience, but I feel like it's more of a feeling than it is an experience. So, you know, was that was that the first thing you thought of when you were coming out with this? Or, you know, what was that process yeah. like? Absolutely. Uh, so when I design games, I want to I want to think about feelings first. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do I want people to feel when they play games? How do I want them? Uh, how do I want them to like experience and and I feel like I'm using the word feel yeah. a lot, but like how do I want them to feel and be yeah. uh, once they're done or, or in the middle of the game? So um, a lot of the the things that went into building the mechanics for Descent into Midnight uh, are based on the Powered by the Apocalypse engine, uh, which is really feelings first. It's it's very cinematic, it's very in the moment, um, and, uh, and and I think that that really serves Descent into Midnight well. Um, in addition, I've, I've taken things that I've learned from uh, times in story games and lyric games and a, a lot of the small press side of things, um, which really are very feelings-forward games. Um, so things like instead of rolling with stats for uh, our violence move, Unleash, we ask you questions, and those questions are very loaded um, and are supposed to make you feel certain ways about violence to communicate the message that we want to send, which is that you know violence is a tool to be used, but you shouldn't. And, and using violence is doing violence on yourself. And we want to create, you know, this experience where you feel messy when you do it. Um, but all of our moves are really kind of designed in that way to, to, to say not just what we want to have happen in the story, but how do we want you to feel when you do this? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and it's... Oh, I had a word, too, that was really good, too. And I lost that <laughs> guy here when that happened. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I like that. That it's almost like... It's almost like um, making you have a conscience mm-hmm. like we all have a conscience yeah, yeah but i think that sometimes even in playing games like mm-hmm. we don't use our conscience right you know a lot of times we're like okay this is a fake player this is a fake being yeah, like it keeps you separated from I, it. i could throw them to the wolves it wouldn't matter mm-hmm. in this one i feel like it 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 does you yeah, know yeah. it really puts you in there and it says you will have consequences and yeah. you will have you will have um, like emotional investment and stakes exactly yeah. and you will have awards for doing the right thing also yeah you know possibly if the other players are going the direction that they think that you should be going yeah. you know so and you know one of the other things that I've liked in the process of it all is that when people talk about your game they yeah. they talk about like 
I've gotten out of this game, and uh, all of a sudden, I am very emotional. I'm emotional. I've seen pictures of people crying. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it's awesome that it, it brings that out of you. So let's get let's get into the. Now I don't want you to do this. I don't want you to go into pitch mode. I want okay. you to really like sell it, like like you're not going into pitch mode. So yeah, tell yeah. us tell us what Descent to Midnight really is. Yeah. So Descent to Midnight is a powered by the apocalypse underwater ocean alien game uh, about emotions, togetherness, community, fighting corruption. Um, like I said, it's my favorite role playing game. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little biased in saying that, <laughs> but. Um, I think it, it, the thing that I really love about it is that it captures the the love that I have for oceans, underwater life. I mean, I'm from Minnesota. We're landlocked. But we have 10,000 lakes, rivers, wetlands, uh, all sorts of things. Um, I grew up spending a lot of time in the boundary waters of Minnesota, uh, a giant national park of interlocked lakes, rivers, and etc. And so it's a way of capturing my love for that. Uh, but at the same time, like, getting to be weird in games and, like, going existential with things and just like kind of going pushing what I think uh, like a character can be or, or what an action in a game is uh, we've had um, players say I really love octopi here are all the fun things that I love about octopi I'm just going to play an octopus and we've also had players go like you know I don't think that my character even has a body maybe I'm just the concept of echolocation um, and just like seeing people on both sides of that just like go wild, share their love and passion, be excited about it, and then, um, just like what we were talking about, you know, diving into the emotions and the depth of the game, um, and when I say emotions, I don't mean just negative emotions like sadness or or hurt or anything, but, like, emotions like joy and hope uh, and, like, friendship and love are all emotions that I really want to encourage with the game, too. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, So, tell us a little bit about the... um, Oh, just because I I'm missing the word. Yeah, like, yeah. what are the character traits? Like, you have different yep. character traits that every every being yeah. has. Like, go in that a little bit more. De- go into that a little <laughs> bit more deeply because yeah, yeah. I, I I like that concept and I think that would kind of suck some people in a little bit more. Yeah. So instead of rolling with like strength or dexterity, when you make your moves, you're rolling with emotions or. Um, uh, how you position yourself in your community. So um, you will roll plus hope uh, or plus drive, um, things that really represent, how, again, how you feel in the game. Um, and those tie into the moves that we want you to make. So Powered by the Apocalypse games have moves that start with a fictional trigger. So it'll say, like, when you ask your community for help, uh, roll plus community. Uh, on a hit, um, which is anything 10 or higher, um, your community comes to your aid, etc., etc. Um, so yeah, it's it's very mechanically focused on those feelings as well. Um, and uh, all of our playbooks are themed around different one of those different emotions, different kind of uh, positions within the larger community and ecosystem as a whole. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Now um, we always like. I feel like with a lot of things, we always talk about like, oh, you're the de- you're the lead designer, and yeah, the, yeah. You know, you, everyone else has helped you. The art, the art is oh, amazing. Man. It's just it really like this is besides the gameplay, like this really sucks you in. So talk about the artists that are yeah, working on this. Absolutely. So we have a phenomenal group of artists and a phenomenal team that's just like coming together to make this happen. Uh, our art director is Palomi SP, um, and just like we would have been absolutely lost without. 
Palomi's help um, in just organizing everything and taking care of things um, like super professional uh, through the entire thing in in areas that you know none of us have skills for. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm incredibly grateful for the help that we've gotten there. Uh, our two illustrators are Devin George and uh, Taylor Livingston. Um, Devin did our cover art and is just like phenomenal for it. Just created this just spectacularly uh, imaginative world of ocean creatures with cities on their backs, uh, strong colors, just an incredible cover for us. Uh, and then the interior illustrations are from Taylor Livingston, who has been my friend since kindergarten. Um, we started playing role-playing games at the exact same time. Taylor's been in my gaming group uh, for 18 years, like, and he is drawing every single day, awesome. just consistently producing my favorite visual art um, and the the fact that we are working on this thing together um, yesterday we had uh, someone from the gaming store that we had gone to since we were kids come up and talk to us about stocking Descended to Midnight so that has been just like <laughs> that's, that's amazing a, yeah absolutely <laughs> Taylor's art is spectacular it's very strong it's um, it's it's wildly imaginative uh, and uh, like I can't say I can't really say words about it. I can just like feel love at him mm -hmm. uh, about the art that he has. Um, so I encourage folks, if they're listening, to check out our Twitter, D-I-M-R-P-G. We've been teasing his art for the game, uh, and we actually did something very cool for uh, our lead-up to the Kickstarter. We put out on Twitter a bunch of polls, and we created a character nice. through Twitter polls. Um, and then Taylor did an illustration of that character. Very awesome, um, and it's it's incredible. That is cool. Um, we also have a lot of people doing uh, some really great work on the project, including um, Rianon, who is uh, our accessibility lead. So making sure the game is accessible for gamers with low vision or vision loss or, or no vision. You know, making sure that everything that we have works with screen readers, etc. Um, and so uh, right now our, our quick start guide is available for anyone to play and try. We're working on getting that available in accessible forms as well. Um, so we want to make sure that, you know, even before the game is, is out there and done, you know, before the Kickstarter campaign is done, we want to make sure that we have these, uh, these resources available to folks that, that need them. And we, I want to give a shout out to uh, our two accessibility consultants, uh, Acer Tolentino, who is, I'm sure you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and um, Dots RPG, which is an organization uh, that really focuses on making games accessible as well. Um, Very cool. And then uh, our layout artist, VJ Brown, uh, has been doing just a kick-ass job at making sure that all of this art, all of this writing, uh, is put together in a way that looks professional, that looks super, super, super sweet. And our web developer, Will, uh, has been doing uh, a phenomenal job on our website also uh, to, to just making things just like look spectacular. <laughs> I think that is everyone on the team, but I want to make, make sure that I'm not forgetting anyone. Um, so bear with me just a, a moment. We also call out everybody on our Kickstarter campaign for the work that they do. Recognizing the help that this is a team effort has, has been something that's really been important to us. And, and half of our stretch goals are just saying, like, we already pay our, our team a fair wage, but um, if we hit this stretch goal, we are going to give them a bonus. Yeah. That's something that I'm, I'm super joyful about. Uh, I forgot to call out Ishan Sherwood who is our copy editor, uh, who is going to work magic to make uh, make the game you know, really polished and sing. And I am kicking myself for not remembering to call them out 
at the start because Tracy Barnett has been our Kickstarter consultant and content editor for the game. Nice. And they have been the reason why we are succeeding so wildly. The game stands on its own legs. It's a beautiful game for all the praise that I've heaped on it already and the descriptions that I've talked talked about how beautiful it is. Tracy has wrangled us all together, like got us kicked our butts into shape for this Kickstarter campaign, has been a source of support and encouragement along the way. Tracy is an accomplished game designer on their own right. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think that their talent has really been, like, the keystone to make this project as successful as it is. Yeah. I want to make sure that I, I give time to call them out and say, like, thank you so much, Tracy. Yeah. <laughs> like, we we literally could not be this successful without your help. That's um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Well, now that you funded, obviously there's some other place to go with this. So, yeah. stretch goals. I mean, come on. Yeah. You know, it 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 it's one of those things where when you're first doing it, you're like, God, just I just hope we get to the yeah, yeah. part that we actually fund. And now you get to go to all the goodies. So, what yeah. are what are some of these goodies that we'll be looking forward to? Absolutely. So we are um, we're doing something very cool for every stretch goal. We are commissioning an episode of the streaming troops, the steampunks. Uh, or Streampunk, sorry. Um, they are in California. They are professional streamers. Um, and so we will be having, for every stretch goal that we hit, they will produce an episode of Descent into Midnight up to a 12-episode campaign, which is phenomenal for us. Uh, Eric Campbell's their GM and was one of our playtesters at this last Gen Con who was very excited about it. Uh, so we're, we're super stoked to be working with them. Uh, in addition, we are alternating between offering a digital reward and then uh, a uh, further compensation to our, our team of folks that are making the game. Um, so we, our first stretch goal is a digital coloring book, a print-at-home coloring book um, with uh, all sorts of great illustrators creating uh, wildly imaginative Descent into Midnight characters that you can print off at home, color in. Uh, they are uh, they're like the ocean coloring books that we grew up as kids. I don't know if, if, if listeners have the same experience as I did, but just really falling in love with the ocean and coloring those in. Um, we have a number of great digital rewards lined up, uh, including um, commissioning fiction writing uh, from some really spectacular authors. Uh, Brandon O'Brien, um, who's been published in FIA Magazine, uh, and uh, Ennis, Ennis Bash, who has, is just like a, a great writer. Um, a, a, a number of great and talented people um, that, that we've started to talk to about coming onto the project and, and producing some fiction for us and just all sorts of great other awards that we will announce as the campaign goes. Um, but then I also, again, just want to reiterate that like we're paying our folks uh, a great, great wage to start out with, but I, I am super excited for all of the stretch goals where we just get to like heap more money on them because, the, again, the work that, that our team has been doing is... is blowing my mind away it's it's so good yeah so yeah exactly it's it's definitely worth the money that you pay for because yeah. of the mechanics are amazing the gameplay is awesome yeah. the uh art is amazing no, having played it myself a couple of times now like i can vouch for it i really love it it's one of those that again i might be a little biased also <laughs> but like you know it it's really something that's different from other games i've played so Make sure you go out there right now, fund it. Um, there's also lots of different different pledges you can make. Yeah. You know, you can get the deluxe version. You can get you can get your name in lights. You can get some other things that you know you can you can have a say in this. Mm-hmm. So you know, 
you're putting your you're not only putting your money into it, you're actually putting yourself into saying w- what this can be about. And I, I like that. It's more yeah. of a community thing than just a hey, I'm just handing you this thing. Yeah. So. And on that topic, like any any tier above the the base hardcover also donates a copy to a library or aquarium organization. Like I I know that that my copy is going to queer youth organizations. Like um, and and. Uh, places that need it and can use books. Yeah. We every tier above our just like base. You get the book is going to get a copy to someone else. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. We always like to see that spread the wealth. Yeah, <laughs> and especially in this you know in this day and age of you know where can I find a game to play now? Hopefully we can get it into more hands of yeah. more people. So. Well, it was good to see you, bud, and I, I'm so excited about the success you've already had in this, and it just Thank you. can only go up from here. So. Yeah. yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> All right, so hopefully you enjoyed those awesome interviews. We got a couple of good ones. Uh, I was actually wanting to talk to uh, Keith... Uh, from Thunderworks Games. Yeah, from Thunderworks Games, but darn it, Keith, you're always busy, so I wasn't able to talk to him, but uh, maybe next time, so... Um, yeah, so that was our kind of our little con of the north uh, coverage. So uh, yeah, hopefully you enjoyed that. And until next time, I'm Kurt and I'm Tracy, and this was the MFG Cast. Thanks for listening. Bye. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop Broadcast Network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.